Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Give me just one moment. I'm going to get this all set up. I hope you all are having a fantastic morning. My husband said my name is Lindsay, and I have the privilege of sharing and continuing in our series, This is Living Now. For those of you who are brand new to Avenue, welcome. We are so excited that you're here. We are in the book of James. That is a small five-chapter book in the New Testament, and it's all about how do I live this Christian life. And so I want to jump right in today's message because I believe God has something for us today. I think it's incredible that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the maker of heaven and earth, I don't know how close you are to him. I don't know how far you feel from him, whether he is your savior or he is the big guy in the sky. But I think it is incredible that God cares that you are in that seat today. I think it's incredible that God knows that you would be here this morning and that he has something for you. Will you believe with me this morning that God has something for us? That even though there can be hundreds of people throughout the property, dozens of people in this room, God may have something just for the one. And I want to believe he's got something for me today. I want to believe that he has something for you. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for how awesome you are. And I thank you for every man and woman in this room, every young man, every young woman. I ask in the name of Jesus, Father, that our hearts would be open, that you want to talk to us. You want to speak to us. You want to do something in our lives. So I ask God, let us be ready this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you want to follow along with me today, you can open up your Bible. I like a good old-fashioned Bible. This was my very first Bible when I became a Christian. I still have it. Come on, somebody. And so if you like your Bible, please feel free to bring it here. If you are techie like my husband, you can open up your app on your Android. Oh, no, sorry. He has an iPhone. And if you don't have a Bible and you're like, man, I would really love a Bible, our ushers would be happy to give you one today. We do have them for you. So we're going to open up to James chapter 1, verse 22. James tells us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Continue. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that is the word of God that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, I got to ask you, have you ever heard a song or watched a movie and you said, man, that is my life? You've heard some lyrics or you've read something in a book or if it's a movie, you saw a scene and you said, that is exactly what I'm going through right here, right now. Come on, ladies. You had that one song after a bad breakup that you played over and over again. And I don't know why you do it. Yes, I did, because I did it too. All by myself, by Mariah Carey. Crying into my pillow. Mascara all over the place, snot coming out of my face. Why? Because it was what I was going, or this, this movie, or this book, or this character, or whatever it is, something strikes us because it's our story. I can connect with it. It resonates with me because it speaks to who I am at the moment or what I'm going through. I got to tell you, when I read James chapter 1, 
22, 23, 24, 25, when I read those scriptures that I just shared with you this morning, that is my life. That right there has been my story, my story with Jesus. You see, I grew up in church. I had a mama, a good mama, and she had a good rule. Her rule was if you lived in her house, you went to church. Come on, somebody. If you had a bed in her home, you were going to church on Sunday morning. It didn't matter if you came home past curfew. It didn't matter if you had a sleepover with all your friends and they were atheists. They don't even know who Jesus is. Guess what? Y'all are waking up in the morning. Y'all are going to church. Now, let me pause right there. Some parents of millennials, your kids shouldn't have a choice on whether or not they go to church. Let me just take a moment for that real quick. We say we want our kids to make their own decisions, right? Do you allow them to stay home from school because they get to make their own decision? I remember my husband said, my mom would only let me stay home if I was throwing up. (laughs) But every Sunday, you have the opportunity to have your student, to have your child hear the word of God. And it is by hearing of the word of God, it is by that that our faith grows. You see, my mama had that rule, and she stuck by it like a hawk. And I remember coming here because my parents, my dad was on the worship team, my mom was on prayer team, and I attended church. Every Sunday, I sat in a chair for years. There's 52 weeks in a year. My family hardly took family vacations. I heard hundreds of sermons, dozens and hundreds of sermons I heard every single week. But I was just attending church. See, I wasn't experiencing life. And when we talk about church being life-giving, because we say that a lot here at Avenue, that church is life-giving. We use the body of Christ not to build up the church, but to build the people. And so when we say life-giving, I was not experiencing life. I wasn't experiencing anything. I was taking up a seat, hear me, every Sunday for years. But I had no life change. And it wasn't the church that was the problem. I had a great pastor. He wasn't the problem. The problem was me. And so I want to share with you how just four scriptures, see, that's how I know the power of God in his word. The word is living. It is active. It is life-changing. How do I know that? Because in just four verses of the Bible, my life was radically changed, and I experienced, first I learned why I wasn't experiencing life, but I learned what life was in just four verses. And I was able to say, that's why I'm not experiencing it. So in this portion of scripture, James is going to address the very life that I'd been living. He said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So let's talk about that. He said, listen to the word. James first addresses the problem with listening, but not doing. We're hearing the word, I was sitting in the seat. I was hearing it every Sunday after Sunday, but I wasn't doing it. And James says, there's a problem with that. You mad, bro? Did you guys like our sermon last week on anger? Come on, somebody. That was awesome. See, at Avenue Church, we are hearing the word. Week after week, Pastor Jeremy is speaking. The word of God is coming through through worship, and we are hearing it, but it's up to us. Am I doing anything with it? But if you listen and you don't apply, that's not life. See, uh, thousands and thousands of people 
over the past few weeks have been graduating from some learning institution, whether it's a high school, whether it's a college. In my house, my son graduated preschool, and I got, I have his picture up. I want to show you because I'm a mama, and I got bragging rights right now, right? That's a cute little kid. But I got a story for you because the morning after graduation, he comes downstairs in a suit coat. I kid you not, the kid's got a black dress coat on, and he comes and he goes, Mom, real dramatic, because my kid's dramatic. Mom, I just need a cup of coffee. <laughs> I said, you need a cup of coffee, son? He goes, yeah, I just need a cup of coffee. And I'm thinking, bro, yes, we just accomplished a milestone in your life, but it is preschool. Come on, somebody, you're not ready to adult it yet. Are you about to get a job? See, my husband, it's so sad. My kid is only five, but he's already had the conversation. Son, you've got three choices. Number one, you can go to college and you can stay here if it's in state. Number two, you get a job and you go move out. Number three, you go into the military. Those are your choices. So I'm thinking, did he have that talk with Levi? He just graduated preschool because my kid came out like he was ready to go get a job. That is watered-down coffee. I was out of decaf. I was desperate. I ran the Keurig through one more time, okay? Don't judge me. I'm not a bad mom. But there are graduates in this room this morning. Congratulations to all of you who have graduated. That is awesome. And hear me, you didn't graduate just because you showed up. You didn't graduate just because you sat your butt in your seat in your class. If you did, shame on your teacher. But for the majority of people... You don't get a diploma. You don't get a degree by just coming and attending. No, you get a degree by doing the work. You get a degree by learning and absorbing and working out those things. Hear me, you're not always perfect. You don't always ace every test, but you're working it out. You're making mistakes, and you are learning. The same thing goes for the Christian faith. Friends, the Bible is the most important subject you will ever learn in your life. More than math, which I do use. My teacher was right about that. More than English, more than science, more than social studies, more than the thing in which you love so much and you've turned it into a career. The word of God is the most important thing you'll ever learn. And yet week after week, I sat and I just listened. And I did nothing with it. And I was wondering, why am I frustrated? Why am I going through what I'm going through? I'm hearing it, but the problem was I wasn't doing it. See, as human beings, we are masters of self-deception. We really are. We can convince ourselves of just about anything, can we? <laughs> I love my husband. Because some of us aren't always comfortable with a mirror. Jeremy Bosma is comfortable with a mirror. He'll be getting ready in the morning. He goes, woman, mm, combing his hair, you are blessed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ten years of marriage, that man has been telling me that. Now, in that case, yes, I am blessed. But some of us, man, we'd be lying to ourselves. Girl, you got it all together. You don't have a care in the world. You have no worries. Everything is A-OK. -okay. We tell ourselves that we're actually better than what we are. We tell ourselves that we're more generous, we're more giving than we actually are. We tell ourselves that we don't have to change. There's, there's really nothing wrong with me. We convince ourselves that we are just a status, and yet there's always room for improvement. See, God knows about this, and that's why he gives James this amazing illustration. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is someone who looks at his face in a mirror. 
So I see myself, but then I turn away and I forget what I've heard and I forget who I am. See, the message version is even better. It says those who hear and don't act. They're like those who glance in the mirror. They walk away and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they are. You guys, year after year, sermon after sermon, I sat in your seat and I had no idea who I was. See, he tells us that we have to listen, but it's not enough just to listen. He tells us to look. When we hear the word of God, when we hear truth but do nothing with it, we will not know who we are. And hear me, you don't have to be 15 to have an identity crisis. You can be 35 and have an identity crisis. You can be 65 years old and not know who you are or what God has for you. Years and years of wondering, why am I stressed? Why am I frustrated? Why are my relationships broken? Why is there such discontentment in my life? Listening is not enough. He tells us to look. See, for years I sat and I heard that message. I heard that truth, but I did nothing. I remained reckless in relationships, even though I heard that love was patient. I heard that it was kind. I heard that love was sacrificial and that it was selfless, but yet I chose lust. I was told that my body was a temple of God. I was told that I was bought with a price week after week, month after month, year after year, that I was worthy, but I didn't treat myself as something that was valuable. I listened to a message on repentance that Things aren't right in your life. You need to ask for forgiveness and God will change your life. I listened to that message and I said, I ain't that bad. Just let it roll right off me. For years, I did not experience some life all while being in a life-giving church. And the way God so graciously intended, do you know what God wants you to have life and life abundantly? That God wanted from the very beginning for me to give my heart to him and to walk out his ways, but instead I just sat and did nothing. If you want to live, I'm talking the fullness kind of living, the purpose-filled kind of living, that I wake up for a reason, and I am anticipating this day. Hear me, it doesn't mean life's not hard. It doesn't mean you're not going to experience losses. Great football teams even experience losses. The greatest of athletes always have some days that are just off, but hear me, we can have fullness. We can have joy. We are called to walk in peace. We are called that to count it all joy when we go through these trials, these tribulations, because God is with us. I can take my weakness and trade it in for strength. All those are things that God has for me. And yet I wasn't looking. If you want to live, you got to listen. If you want to look, you got to live. And so look at this. I want to Say this, anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, what it says is like someone who looks in the face in a mirror and forgets who he is. See, many of us have a love-hate relationship with mirrors. I already told you my husband loves the mirror. (laughs) I'm kidding. He's just funny. But for some of us, we don't feel very good when we look at ourselves, do we? We may feel like, ooh, I got a couple inches there. I hate fitting rooms. Can we talk about that for just a minute? Right? Why do you think we take selfies? We angle them here. When I go into my bathroom at my house, it's one single mirror. When I go to a fitting room, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. Why did they put that there? So I could be honest and see what that really looks like on me. Great. But not all of us are comfortable looking in the mirror. And it's not just a physical thing. Sometimes we don't like the person that we see. I remember I was 18 years old. 
And I had this reoccurring question going on in my, in my mind, and it wouldn't leave me alone. Over and over again, I was asking myself, is this how it's going to be the rest of my life? Lindsay, am I going to do this for years and years to come? Is this what living is? Because we have this title, this is living now, but what really is living? And so I finally had enough guts, because hear me, it takes courage to take a moment and look at yourself and see who you really are. It takes more guts to take a moment and reflect, who am I right now? What am I really going through? Than it does to walk away and to avoid it. And I remember that question eating at me, is this what it's going to be like for the rest of your life? And I finally got myself up off that floor. And I looked in the mirror. And I did not like what I saw. It hurt God knows how much to stare myself in the face and see that I had lied, that I had anger, that I had lust, that I suffered from rejection, that I had abandonment. And the list goes on and on. I was jealous. Because of the things I had done, I had felt shame. And that is what I saw when I looked in the mirror and I was honest enough to take an evaluation. But this is what the beautiful thing is about Jesus. See, in order for me to live life to the fullest, I have to to be self-aware and say, am I full of crap right now when I'm saying I've got it all together? Or are those things in my life that have been defining me for years and am I finally sick of it? What I love about Jesus is that Jesus didn't want Lindsay to keep staring at this mirror. Jesus didn't want Lindsay to be identified by lying or anger or lust or rejection, abandonment, jealousy, shame. He did not want me to be known by that or to know myself as that. See, you can't just look in the mirror. It's good to have a self-reflection, but you need to look in the word of God. That is what James tells us. He says, but those who look intently to the perfect law that brings freedom, This is what I love about Jesus is that he wants to redefine us. He wants you to admit what you are going through, admit the struggles that you had, but he wants to redefine you by his word. And because I had sat in church, like many of us have, many of us have heard the truths over and over again, but yet we still have these in our lives. But yet I looked to the word and I started remembering what my pastor had said, that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is going to be set free. I remember hearing in Psalm 103 that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God removes my sin from me. And hear me, if you've lived in sin, if you've lived in addiction, or if you've lived in lust, these things leave a mark. But God is telling me, Lindsay, that I'm erasing all that off of you that I am removing it bit by bit. And so now, young woman, when you look in the mirror, you're no longer going to see the anger. You're no longer going to see the frustration. You're going to have to work some stuff out continually, but you're going to see me in you. Amen. You see, that is the word of God. What's the whole point of a mirror? A mirror is to give you a reflection. I took that reflection of reality, but then I went and turned immediately to Jesus. And in the word of God, it tells me who he is and who I am in him. And so I got to tell you, are you looking in the word? I got my first study Bible when I got saved. 
I started reading and saying and declaring that those promises are for me. That this is now who I am. That I am no longer Lindsay who did this and that or struggled with this and that. But I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. My focus shifted from what I had done to what Christ had done for me. You want to know what? That is living. Look where God has done and look into the word and find out who you are. He says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Did you catch that? It says the perfect law that gives freedom. So many of us have been so fearful of this thing. That thing has been like repulsive to us because we're afraid that it's going to wreck our lives or that it's going to make life boring or that I can't change. And so why read it? I can't understand. No, this is the perfect law that brings about freedom. Because once I made the decision that I'm just not going to listen, I'm going to look, but I'm going to start applying what I hear. I remember hearing sermons on forgiveness and I had unforgiveness in my life and I would say, okay, God, let's deal with this. Let's work this out. I'm not just going to listen and dismiss. I'm going to listen and I'm going to do it. And so I started doing those things in my life. When pastors would speak on being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, I started practicing that. Because the Bible tells me that I'm a work in progress. This salvation is a process that I am working out. But to truly live, you've got to listen. To truly live, you've got to look into the word of God. But you've got to start doing it. Will you say do it? One, two, three, do it. If you do not do the word, you will sit there frustrated. For seven years, seven years I sat in your seat frustrated. I showed up. Heck, I even served sometimes. But I was frustrated not knowing who I am. And it wasn't until I started living out what I was learning that I started actually living you see, the Bible tells us that we are blessed. We are blessed that those who look intently into that word that brings freedom, and you continually do that, you will be blessed. And that is exactly what I chose to do. You know what's crazy? It's 15 years ago this week that I made that decision to finally look in the mirror and get real with myself. 15 years ago this week. And I got to ask you, why go another day not living life to the fullness? Why go another day with not knowing God, without finding freedom, without discovering purpose, without making a difference? And I'm going to ask the worship team to start playing. Because today is such an incredible opportunity. It's baptism weekend. I'm excited about baptism, and we've got people that are here, and they are ready to show the world that they have committed their lives to Jesus Christ. But you want to know why I love baptism so much? It's because it's symbolic. The water is symbolic that when I go in, I'm going in as me. But I am going down, and I am getting washed. I am getting cleansed. Things are coming off my life, and I am coming up that new creation in Christ Jesus. I remember as I was learning to walk out the faith, Galatians 2.20 said this, and I clung to it. It says that I've been crucified with Christ, meaning that it's not Lindsay that lives anymore. It's not about the things I've done. It's not about the way that I live, but it was God who was living in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith, by God who loved me and gave himself 
transform me. And I want to ask you this morning, do you want to start living out your faith? Do you want, is today the day that I want to start living the way that God had called me originally to live? God never me to live life to the fullest. And so I ask you this morning, you have heard the word of God that if we do not do it, we deceive ourselves. But those who look at it, who live it, they will be blessed. And so I want to ask you, do you want to live that life today? I'm going to ask for you guys to close your, your eyes, bow your heads for the respect of those around you. But I do want to give you the opportunity because week after week, my pastor gave me the opportunity that if there was one person in that room that was tired of living a life without Jesus, if there was one person in that room that was tired of the work that it takes to convince themselves that I'm okay without him, I'm okay without the commitment, I'm okay without admitting that I need a savior in my life, he would always ask, is that you? And that beautiful day that I finally said, yes, it's me. The day that I finally admitted that life was not going the way it needed to be. Jesus Christ came in. Jesus Christ came in with power. He came in with might. He came in with love. He came in with grace. He covered every single thing I had done. Who thought that a girl that led such a reckless lifestyle would lead hundreds of people to Jesus Christ? Who thought that a girl that just used her body not to glorify God would be positioned to marry a man who saved himself for her? Who knew that God would love her through him? Who thought that? And so I ask you, why live another day? Why live another day without him? And so if that is you and you are saying, I am done. I am done doing this by myself. I want you to raise a hand because I'm going to pray with you. If you want Jesus to be Lord of your life and you want to make him prop priority and say, God, I need you, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and then we're going to jump into baptisms. If you have never been baptized and you want to show your faith publicly, we got no excuses today, friends. We got brand new shorts back there. We got brand new shirts. It's 100 degrees outside in Las Vegas. You're fine. Roll your windows down. You'll be good wet. But I'm going to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for loving us. Father, we admit that we are nothing without you. But with you, God, you can bring dreams about in our lives. You can feel, fulfill purpose. You can bring about destiny. You can heal, you can forgive, you restore. So God, we receive that this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask God that we would have the strength to do what you've called us to do in your word. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming, we'll see you next week.